0: third win against the top 10 and the orange had them all the way they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into my heart a three for the win battle boom it's the orange do it again the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time this is orange nation with Stephen fonti and seth goldberg Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonti. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Two guests lined up for you today. Our good friend Mike McAllister from QuesNation.com set to join us here in about 15 minutes from now. We'll talk some recruiting. We'll talk National Signing Day, the early signing period for football players around the country coming up next week. We'll get Mike's thoughts on some of the players who have verbally committed to the Orange and also a few departures for the SU football team, which we did not get into uh, yesterday, Seth. Kate, and Samuels among the big names. Uh, really the one big name, quote unquote, that's leaving the program. We'll get Mike's thoughts on that. And then at 1 o'clock, Anthony Sorelli from The Crunch. The reigning AHL Player of the Week will be here in studio. Uh, the Crunch winners of nine in a row, home for Providence on Friday. So we'll talk some crunch hockey coming up uh at one o'clock if you are on the roads right now please be safe this just in it is not pleasant driving no. right now did you survive your two minute commute from, uh, from where it. you live i
1: made it yeah i, I made it over you could here. walk though
0: if you had to oh of, yeah sort of.
1: yeah no I, I was thinking about it when i see when i woke up uh and i saw the alerts that like the schools were canceled i was like oh it's not going to be good i might want to walk and then i You know, looked outside, I was like, hey, it's not terrible. And I got on the road, and the road right at my apartment was bad, but I I live off a main road. So I got to the main road, and it was okay. So I I was like, I'll be good.
0: See, working in the news business for so long, I've uh, kind of become desensitized to it because I feel like we always make a big deal anytime there's snow. And and so I'm like kind of skeptical when I hear, you know, a lot of snow coming and schools are going to be closed. And, um, so I was like, yeah, whatever. And I got up and got ready to to come into work and, uh, yeah, it's the real deal. Uh it's it's bad out, so please if you're on the roads right now, take your time. Uh, you know, take something, a few extra minutes yeah. to get to go to get where you're going and, and you can listen to us for a few extra minutes while you're in the car. Yeah,
1: something I would not suggest doing. I would not suggest doing if you're driving right now, don't watch us on Facebook Live. Uh listen to us. Don't watch us.
0: How do you feel about this Facebook Live thing? Why not? You don't mind people staring at us while we talk about sports?
1: No, I, I, I think it's weird when we're in breaks and like i have to you know not i, I mean i i don't do anything not normal <laughs> during breaks anyway but you you're just like yourself? oh somebody's always watching yes. me right
0: there's something strange about that um but i like it so that's another way for uh, for people to get the show so we should
1: just we should we we should just do something very absurd uh, during a break and then not address it during the show one day and all of a sudden the people who are watching facebook live will be like why did they just punch max in the face when he came in during the break and Just don't say anything about it.
0: Well, we'll know how many people are watching then. Exactly. If you punch Max in the face and nobody cares, then we'll know nobody's watching. Uh, 315-437-7644 uh, if you'd like to check in. Again, we'll talk some SU football with Mike McAllister here in about 10 minutes from now. I want to start the show, Seth, uh, with uh, with some comments that that uh, Jerry McNamara gave us last night. And if you didn't have a chance to, to listen to the Jerry McNamara show, i spend an hour with him at Tully's from 7 to 8 o'clock last night. And, and as we always do, we touched on a wide variety of topics. Uh, but last night we touched on a few topics that people keep asking us about: What happened with Geno Thorpe? What's up with Sita S- Bay's injury? And and how good is Georgetown? We know that they're undefeated. Uh, they've played a very soft schedule, very weak schedule. Uh, how good is Georgetown? So so let's get to it. Let's let's start with with Geno Thorpe. And I, I posed the question like this to Jerry: I know he probably can't say a lot on the record about what happened with Geno Thorpe, but I asked him to clear up whether or not there was any chance he might come back, because that's a, a question that, that I continue to get. I'm, I'm sure that you probably get it as well, Seth. Yep. Uh, is there any chance that we'll see Geno Thorpe again in an SU uniform? Here's what Jerry had to say about that.
2: We're moving forward. You know, We're moving forward. We feel like you know, Howard's put himself in a good position to, to have an opportunity here. So uh, we're going to move forward with the guys that are committed to this program, committed to this team, and um, you know Howard Washington is certainly that. And 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 we feel like when he steps on the court, he's going to be ready and prepared. And and like we just talked about, he's got the confidence to go out there and and, and implement it. So um, you know you can't do anything about people that aren't with you. You can't do anything about Geno Thorpes and Torian Thompson. They are not here. They are not part of this team. Um, we like what we have. We like our group. And uh, as we move forward, we're going to hopefully put these guys in the right positions to be successful.
1: That sounds like a no. I was going to say the, translation on is this, if he's coming he's back. He's not coming back.
0: Yeah, he's not coming back. He can't do anything about the guys who aren't here. He compared him to Torian Thompson. We know Torian Thompson's not coming back. Uh, transferred to Seton Hall, sitting out this year. He'll be eligible to
1: play next year. Um, he's not coming back. No, that sounds like a that sounds like a no.
0: So we put that to bed. Uh, the injury to Barama uh, did come up. I asked him if he thought. The freshman center would be ready to go in time for this Saturday's game uh, at Georgetown. Here's what he had to say about Barama's injury.
2: We're hoping, yeah. He, you know, he. Um, th- this is one of those, you know, this is one of those rare things where you say, "Man, I'm glad we have a week off." Because I hate this. I, you know, I don't think the guys like it so much. But if you need to work on some things, it's great. And if you need to get some guys healthy, it's great. Um, you know, but I always thought the worst thing, especially coming off his losses, oh, now we have a whole week before we get on the court again. I thought that was the greatest part about the Miami, New York trip, uh, was you know we lost in Miami, that when we turned right around, it's like man, let's get ready for Connecticut. Um, you know, but we'll we'll see. You know, he was out on the court today. He, you know, he's gotten he's lived in the in the training room. Brad Pike is one of the best uh, in the business, so you know he's doing the best he can. You know, the, the 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 tough thing was he was dealing with the knee, and then he rolled an ankle. Uh, and it's on the same leg, so so there's a lot to deal with on that side. He's trying to get as healthy as he can, and uh, we understand his importance. So we're trying to ease him back into it, and still hopefully win those games in the meantime. And uh, we understand moving forward and going into the type of play that we're going to go into in the ACC, we got to have we got to be at full strength, and 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 we feel like Brahma is going to be a big piece to us being at full strength. So the most important thing is getting him healthy. And this really is
0: the final week Seth that Syracuse has off. The final long stretch they have off before things get serious. They close out non-conference play, then they jump into ACC, and you're not getting a week off the rest of the way. So this is a no. chance... Well, you
1: may get that that fake bye week kind right. of a thing where you don't have to play a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but you're, you're not going to have this long a stretch. You go from from uh, you know Tuesday, you play Colgate Saturday, um, and, and then you go Saturday to Saturday, and you have a full week to, to really rest up and get healthy, and, and you know, Jerry mentioned it in there. I thought it was funny that they probably hate this. Right? <laughs> they probably hate that they don't get to get back on the court. And it's a good thing that they won and ultimately won convincingly on on Saturday against Colgate, right? Because otherwise, you're sitting for a week with a bad taste in your mouth, which you know th- that would be the last thing that you want. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to play this game, and then they're going to have three games in a week, like they you know like they had been. They're going to have the nineteenth, the twenty second, and then the twenty seventh. So 3 games in 8 days and then they're right into the, into ACC play. So they need everybody to get healthy now so that when they get into ACC play and they're th- playing 3 and 8 days Buffalo St. Bonaventure Eastern Michigan and then 3 and 7 days Virginia Tech Wake Forest Notre Dame uh, they they've got to be right you know, they, they've got to be good to go when they hit the ACC schedule. And, and you're right. There is
0: that ACC, you know, that fake bye week. They do have a week off in late January. They play Pittsburgh on the 16th and then BC a week later. So there is another stretch during ACC competition where they have a week off and then another stretch after that where they have five days off. But this is the time you get healthy, right? And we know that Barama's obviously dealing with what Jerry talked about the bad knee, the sore ankle. O'Shea Brissett, after the Colgate game uh, unveiled and revealed to everyone, uh, in the locker room that, uh, you know, to the reporters talking to him, that he's been battling a, a, an ankle injury as well. Tyus battle, we know, had that back injury. He looks like he's fine now, but but there are bumps and bruises after nine games in the span of a month, and this is a chance to get healthy, and really, I, as you said, I think that's the that's the one positive. I mean, this team has momentum right now. 8-1, and that lone loss to Kansas, playing pretty well. You don't really want to take a week off and slow down that momentum, but it, as long as it's built into the schedule, you might as well take advantage of it, try to get healthy, work on some things and practice and get ready for ACC play. I mean it, that opener against Virginia Tech on the thirty first. I mean that's going to be here before we know it. I mean Christmas is right around the corner. It's less right. than two weeks away. That opener in the ACC, and then you're off and running. And then there there really is, although you do have that one week built into the schedule uh, late January. There, is there's time. no rest the
1: rest of the way. No, this is your time. This is your time to get healthy. This is your time to get right. This is your time to make adjustments. Uh, you know. It, it, I understand why it's scheduled now. It's scheduled now because of finals. But wouldn't you love to have this week next week when you also don't have to worry about classes? Um, you know, and 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 again, that that wouldn't make any sense. You want to give them time now to to work on finals. Uh, but you know, I, I I just this is when you've got to get right. This is when you've got to get healthy. You need Barama Sidibe on on Saturday to be able to play because you know is Marek Dolezal going to be able to stand up against Georgetown's big men, right? Like, that. that's what they do. They're, they're, they're going to go inside uh, to Jesse Govan. We're, we're, we're going to hear Jerry talk about that. Uh, you know, they they need Sidibe in the middle there rather than And Not that Mer- Marek has done a bad job in the middle and not that he's done a bad job defensively, but... Uh, he's not the biggest body, right? We've been over that once or twice. Uh, he, he, they, they need a little more size. It feels like in this game, and they certainly will in the ACC.
0: This is a tricky three-game stretch coming up here. After this week off, they play, you know, three games in the span of a week. They're at Georgetown, first true road game of the season. Home for Buffalo, home for St. Bonaventure. Two of the better mid- majors that they play this year. A lot of people really like St Bonaventure, and yeah. again, Buffalo is a team that, that should contend for its conference title as well. So this is, a, this is a tricky little stretch. I know that you know we all circled Maryland, Kansas, Yukon as you know, well, that's the key stretch of the non-conference schedule. Now that you're past that, There's again, another one yeah. this, this one is, is potentially tricky. First true road game and then you come home for, for two teams that, if you don't play well, they have the potential to beat you. And that the margin for error for this team is small, and that's something Jerry touched on quite a bit last night as well, that you know they know, these guys know, they have to play defense. They have to rebound. They're not going to necessarily outscore people. They're only averaging 72 points per game. They know that they're going to be in a lot of tight games. They need to execute. They need to do the little things, and you're going to have to do those against the Buffaloes and St. Bonaventures of the world to close out the non-conference schedule the way they want to.
1: Right. You know, we look at St. Bonaventure, we look at Georgetown, we look at Buffalo, and look, Georgetown... I have no idea what to think about them. They've played the 350th uh, best schedule in the country. Like, quite literally, the worst schedule in the country. Uh, so I, I don't know what to think of them. I don't know what to make of them. Uh, but St. Bonaventure should be pretty good. Buffalo should be pretty good. Uh, but even with that being said, you are an ACC team, and they are not, right? Like, they're A-10. Oh, you should win those games. Those but are but games, if you don't play well, but, but that become dangerous That's what I was going to say. They're games that you should win. Like, you should win those games. But at the same time, if you don't bring your A-game... You're not going to win. These are the games
0: that Sal and I used to talk about. I would refer to them as the, the games you can't lose, right? They're the games that you, you don't have a lot to gain by winning, but you do have a lot to lose. There is a risk involved if you play those games. And, again, they could come back to bite you come Selection Sunday. So it's a it's a tricky little stretch with at Georgetown, then home for Buffalo right. and St. Bonaventure. Uh, let's hear from Jerry on the Hoyas, get his thoughts on this, uh, this opponent that they're going to be taking on uh, Saturday down in D.C.
2: You know, they're similar. They're going to be up in your face. Um, you know, and, and, and that's something that going in, we're prepared for that. You know, we, we need to go in understanding that they're going to be up picking us up full court, forcing us out of our stuff. Uh, you know, we've watched quite a bit of film of what they're going to do, how they're going to operate on the offensive end. The kid Jesse Govain is probably a little bit different. I think the closest thing we've seen to Govain is, is probably Fernando, uh, the kid Bruno Fernando from Maryland, a big physical post presence Um you know so so that's an option for them we haven't faced a lot of great post players this year in the sense of they could just throw him the ball and, and watch him watch him go to work uh, fernando was a little bit of that for maryland uh, Gobain is is a little bit more than that because he has the ability to face up and shoot as well um, you know but they have strong steady guard play uh, you know multiple guys that can shoot from the perimeter
0: we picked up that comment from where he said they're. He was referring to South Carolina last yes, year, yes. and he said, "You know, we all remember how they they got up and defended. They got up in our face, and and we, you know, didn't handle it well early on. And and in that particular game, and early on, meaning early on in the season." and he's saying that they're similar in the way the style of play, the way they're going to play defense, they're going to get up in your face, you know, they're going to they're going to get physical with you and and this team is going to have to, you know, not back down. And that's something again we saw last year against South Carolina, it was early in the year. And and Syracuse offensively, as good as an offense as that was, Syracuse did not handle uh, that particular opponent all that well. And then we found out at the end of the year just how good South Carolina really was.
1: Right, and, and Jerry also you know noted that he goes, oh, we we saw you know at the end of the year they were beating Duke and going to the Final Four. That was a pretty good team. Um, I, I thought the comparison to Maryland and to Bruno Fernando was interesting uh, because there were times in that Maryland game where he was getting anything he wanted, and he only played nineteen minutes. But scored 13 points. Uh, you know, that he kind of struck, he, he gave SU some issues. Uh, he was only, he, Bruno Fernando was one of three guys in double figures in that Maryland game for the Terps. Uh, he gave Syracuse some problems, and he only played 19 minutes because he got into foul trouble. Um, you know, is that a sign of things to come, right? Like, and, and, We've been asking this question the whole time, right? How is Pascal Chukwu really going to stand up? How is Barama Sidibe really going to stand up? How is this team that's relatively small outside of those two going to stand up when they have real big men to go up against? And, you know, in that game with Bruno Fernando, they, they didn't do great, right? They held their own, they won the game, but they weren't great in that game. How are they going to hold up this weekend? Because that is Georgetown's threat. Right? Like Jesse Govan is the threat on Georgetown. You need to contain him. And I don't know that as, that, you know, against a less talented big man, you already allowed thirteen points in nineteen minutes, sent him to the free throw line seven times. And allowed him to shoot 80% from the field.
0: The thing that makes me feel better if I'm an SU fan is that, you know, again, we know the numbers with Syracuse and the rebounding margin, fourth in the country right now in rebounding margin at plus 12.1. Georgetown right behind at number five, 11.8. I will say this Syracuse has done it against much, much better competition. They, they have yes. shown that they can rebound against Maryland and UConn and Kansas, and Georgetown has done that against no one. So those stats might be skewed to some degree. So if I'm an SU fan, I, that makes me feel a little better going up against this big. Big front line, and, and you know, th- this team that likes to get after it on the offensive glass, uh, you have shown that you can rebound against big physical teams as well. We do need to take our first time out. Our good friend Mike McAllister from QSNation.com joins us on the other side. Keep it here. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. Follow us on Twitter ESPN Syracuse, ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air. We mentioned we're going to have Anthony Sorelli from the Crunch on in hour number two. Uh, We've pushed him back from 1 to 115. He's just wrapping up. Uh, a workout, so he will be here in studio at one fifteen. The Crunch winners of nine in a row, looking to make it ten in a row Friday night at home against Providence. So, and again,
1: remember if you want to watch and see him, we we, we do that. He now. will be here. Yeah, that's he right. Will be can, here.
0: So go to Facebook Live yes. and uh, and watch us. Check it out. Talk live with Anthony Sorelli at one fifteen, not one o'clock. Uh, we bring in our producer Max Burgandy for something we call fill in the blank. Uh, what do you have for us today? Max, pretty self-explanatory game, I'd say,
1: right? I like how at some point we were like, we should find original names for these, and then we were like, nah, it's we just settled on. It's just easier this way. Let's not, let's not bother. All right. Well, I know uh, you guys
3: were harping on the how easy Georgetown has had it so far, and I know it's not really an impressive win. But what would a win, a weekend win this week, <laughs> a win this weekend would mean blank for Syracuse?
1: Uh, a lot, uh, and that's a. That's a, a weird way that's to... It's two s-
0: words, technically. Oh,
1: well, um, whatever. Uh, I didn't say it had to be one. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> we're filling in the blanks. Mi- right. A win this weekend would mean a lot. Uh, it would not be a bad loss. How about this? Georgetown's RPI, despite being undefeated, is 196th. Like, you know, that that's a bad loss if you were to lose to that team. So it's not a bad loss. Oh, by the way, you haven't beaten Georgetown since the Big East tournament in 2013, so that would be nice to finally get another one of these wins. Uh, I think it would just mean a lot. It would mean a lot for the nostalgia factor, and it would mean that you don't have a bad loss on the resume.
0: A win this weekend is important. It is. And we know that the committee is placing more and more emphasis on winning away from your home. And it's something that last year's team struggled with. We, you know, we've laid out the numbers quite a bit on this show over the course of the last couple of weeks as Syracuse You know, took on Kansas and took on UConn, how important those games were. They beat Clemson and NC State away from the Dome last year, and that's it. And they already have one neutral site win uh, beating UConn at the Garden. They have a chance to go on the road for the first—this is the first true road game for the Orange against a team that, again, let's face it, I I think we— we think they should beat, right? Yes. So it, a win this weekend would be important. It would be a, a win on the road against a former rival. It keeps the momentum going. It keeps you on pace to have a really, really good non-conference record uh, going into ACC play. Um, so yeah, go down there go down there and win this game. It, I think it's important for this team.
3: You say you think they should win, but Syracuse loses this game if...
1: If Frank Howard plays for poorly, if... Barama Sidibe doesn't play. If really, you think Sidibe has that much of an impact this weekend? I think that this weekend it'll be a much bigger impact than it was against Colgate. I I think that they need his body, Uh, uh, given what Georgetown wants to do. And and we heard from we heard from Jerry McNamara about Jesse Govan. uh, You know, that's kind of their thing. And and I I just I don't know that Marek Dolajai will be able to stick with that this weekend. So I think it's really those two. I, I, I think they need Frank Howard to bounce back and, and play well, and I think they need Sidibe to be healthy and able to give them some minutes.
0: Seth provided the specifics. I'll give the the general answer to, to fill in the blank. So you said Syracuse loses this game if? Yep. Syracuse loses this game if it strays away from what it's been doing. And what I mean by that is, you know, we saw them beat UConn, and Frank Howard did not play well. Uh, That's been his one bad game, and Matthew Moyer stepped up. Can they have a thing or two go wrong and and beat Georgetown on the road? I, I believe that they can. But by and large, they have to keep doing what they've been doing, and that is play really good defense, keep the opponent in the 60s, get on the backboards, you know, Keep Georgetown from, from getting second chance opportunities. And we know that Georgetown likes to attack the glass uh, and, and likes to hit those offensive boards. Keep doing what you're doing. Play solid defense, rebound the basketball, have your big three of Brissett and Howard and battle. Just continue to, to lead the way and, and get contributions from your role players, and you win this game.
3: Okay, fair enough. Seth, you're saying that Dolajai, you don't think we'll have enough in the tank to get it done this I'm weekend? Not, I just I don't know. I'm just not sure. My next question regarding one of these starting members of uh, the Orange, uh, Matthew Moyer continues to start and play poorly until blank.
1: The end of the season. He's going to start. I I mean, how often have we seen this? They don't change the starting lineup unless something drastic happens, which happened last year, right? And and that's... There's only so often that Jim Bayheim is changing the starting lineup for this team, and it has to be something drastic. It do, it's it's not just somebody's playing poorly. It's this guy is playing poorly, and the whole team is affected by it, or these two are playing poorly, and the whole team is affected by it. We saw that last year. I don't think that's the case this year. You could play Matthew Moyer from the jump, and then if he plays well, you keep him in, and if he doesn't play well, you yank him at the first whistle, and you put Dolezal in. Like I, I don't think that... Somebody I don't think that Matthew Moyer struggling is pulling down the whole team enough. And I, I don't think it's pulling down the whole team at all. They're they're nine and one. Uh you know, so I, I don't think that this is pulling down the team to the point where you say you have to make a change.
0: And they don't beat UConn without Matthew Moyer. So right. I would say I'm with Seth in that. You know, if he continues to play the way that he's been playing, I still think he's going to continue to start. However, I would take issue with your question and say, how do we know he's going to continue to struggle? Because he's nine games into his collegiate career. Um, The fact that he hasn't figured it out yet, I I don't think it's time to say, well, you know, this is a, this experiment's over. You know, take him out of the starting lineup. He's not going to, he's nine games into his collegiate career. And he had one dynamite game against UConn where we saw flashes of what he can be. So I think you give this kid more time to figure it out. You hope that by the end of the non-conference schedule, he has figured it out. And that's what, four more games. And then you get into ACC play with Virginia tech and wake forest. So maybe six more games where, where he can figure it out before things get really, really difficult uh, with Notre Dame and Virginia and Florida state and so on and so forth. So yes, I think he's starting the rest of the season regardless, or, you know, maybe injury is the only thing that takes him out of the starting lineup. But I, I'm not sure we can say he's, you know, definitively he's going to continue to struggle. I'm not sure that's the case. I think this kid has talent, the coaches obviously believe in him. Let's see what happens uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah, Moyer playing
3: only eight minutes against Colgate. Dolzhai racking up 35 minutes. The only reason I'm asking, because it seems yeah, but, that the uh, only significant minutes he's played so far has been the UConn game, where he played really well. He yeah, played
1: 36 minutes but, in that game. He earned the extra yeah, he play. Yeah, time right. He
0: stayed out there, and he, was, he and, was
1: the reason they won that game. And look, how often did this happen with Fab and Rakeem Christmas and Dewan Coleman and, you know, gone down the list. I, I mean, Dion Waiters played how many minutes coming off the bench? That's always the thing, right? Yeah. It's always the example to go back. Back to, uh, you know, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Benege played a lot of minutes off the bench that, that, that year Caleb Joseph Scoop, Chris started. Chris Joseph. Yeah, like th- this isn't abnormal for a starter to not play a lot of minutes. So, yeah, th- this is going to keep going. All right, especially
3: in his first year, too. I mean, he redshirted last year. But, Steve, you mentioned the non-conference, um, the end of it approaching quickly for Syracuse. The most important non-conference game remaining for the Orange is
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'll say this one.
1: Yeah, I'll say Georgetown because oh, it's a road say, game. Oh man, that's you're what not going to say Bonnie's. No, just, I, I was going between Bonaventure and and Georgetown. And I thought Steve was going to say Bonaventure, so I was going to say Georgetown. Well, here's uh, the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. This is a
0: cop out. They are all important, right? And and we we put the, no, no, no. They Eastern are.
1: Michigan's not important. Well, you,
0: it's important that you need to win, right? I mean, you need to rack yes, you, up as many fine. wins as possible. Yeah. You can't afford to lose that game. That's going to be looked at as a bad loss at the end right. of the day. No, so, I know. as you and I have said, Seth, you want to be, in my opinion, 11-2 and two or better coming out of non-conference uh, and going into the ACC. They are all important. I would put a larger emphasis on this one because it's a road game and because it's Kind of, sort of, a brand name opponent. It, I mean, Georgetown's undefeated. Like I know we keep mocking them and saying they've played the easiest schedule in the country, which they have. They are undefeated. So I think this is the most important game for a lot of reasons, but at the top of the list, it's because it's on the road.
1: I would say Georgetown, and I would also uh, say Bon Venture. I, I think St. Bon Venture is uh, easily the best team left on on this SU schedule, uh, non conference schedule, I should say. Um, so I will, uh, yeah, uh, I'll say that Bonaventure Mm -hmm. is probably the most important because that is not only not a, not a bad loss, that is a good win if you can get that. And yes, it's on your home court, but right now, St. Bonaventure is 64th in the country. They just got Jalen Adams back, so that'll probably climb. They very well could go win the A-10. Uh, that's a team you want to beat come tournament time. That's a win you want to have on your resume.
3: Fair, fair. And let's jump for one more into the ACC schedule blank is Syracuse's most likely upset in the ACC and blank is Syracuse's most important game in the ACC so a two-parter
0: I mean that second question I think is impossible to answer right now right now yeah
1: go I think Notre Dame is the most obvious upset it's January 6th it's in Syracuse I, I gotta pick a home game and if you're looking upset at home it's it's Notre Dame on the sixth. It's Virginia on February third. It's no- it's North Carolina on February twenty first. Those are the three candidates, um, and I'll go with Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't exactly been impressed lately. Been, yeah, I haven't been. Imp- I haven't been blown away by Notre Dame. There, they look. The, the negative to that is that there are going to be no students on campus. So maybe that's not the game to pick. You know, maybe the game is to pick Virginia again. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's
0: Virginia. Notre Dame scares me if I'm an SU fan because they've got Bonzi Colson. They've got a lot of shooters that can surround the perimeter. They have an inside-outside game. Uh, Mike Bray is a fantastic coach. I don't love that matchup against Notre Dame, but you're right, it is at home. I would take Virginia just, again, style of play. Um, You know, Syracuse Syracuse has had success. a number on them. Yeah, Yeah. Syracuse has had success against them in in recent years. and they're not the Virginia from, from last year. I mean they're good, but are they are they as good as the last couple of years? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh so I would uh, I would take Virginia as, as for that second question about the most important game. Um
1: How about it, it Pitt? that's hard that's hard How about to answer. Pitt? Don't lose to Pitt twice. Don't lose to Pitt once. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say was to Boston
0: College. My knee jerk to that was was Clemson. Like you want to win the last one before you go, you know, and, and that might be a, if you win that one, you finish five hundred in the ACC again. It's there's a lot of ifs involved, a lot of speculation involved, but um, yeah, you want to win as many games as you can, as we know, you want to get to five hundred uh, in conference play, and and I think if they do that, if they go eleven and two in non conference, go five hundred in the toughest conference in the country. They're going to the NCAA tournament. Should
3: Syracuse be worried? More worried or less worried about Louisville this year? Now that Patino has gone, is it obvious saying they should be less worried, or is there a bit more of a question mark? Which makes they're you a little still really worried? good.
0: I mean, they still
1: have they're, a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, they're still very, very talented. You know, Patino. He the zone so well. Yeah, I mean, he
0: he's, he's a great coach. I mean, he is. I mean, in terms of X's and O's, and you know, I I don't think all that highly of him for a lot of reasons. But is he a good basketball coach? Yeah, he's a good basketball coach. So, um, yeah, I think you would rather not have him on the sidelines than have him on the sidelines if you're an SU fan, but Louisville still has a ton of talent. Uh, we do need to take a timeout. We'll wrap up Hour number 1 of Orange Nation right after this on ESPN Radio.